mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everyone, welcome to Marriage and Martinis. I'm Danielle, and unfortunately, we do not have Adam here today. Uh, the next like week, week and a half, you're gonna have to bear with me as I do uh, the majority of the podcast episodes because, as you hear a couple times a year, this is Adam's insane time at work, and uh, so. I am the one who is uh, taking on the episodes and recording, and I know you miss him, and he brings an awesome perspective. I miss him too. Trust me, I am so much more comfortable doing this with him than I am by myself. But at the same time, today's episode uh, with Tamman and Roxy from Women on Top podcast was really, really a fun like girl talk conversation, um, which wound up somehow becoming all about sex. I guess you put me like, you know, with two women who are super fun and really real. And that's just kind of where my mind and conversation goes. But it turned out to be an awesome, really fun conversation. I think you're going to like it. And their perspective, they both live in LA and are in the entertainment industry. And so I got to kind of ask them about how uh, being in the entertainment industry and everything that you're surrounded by, the the movies and the relationships and the glamour and everything, how does that affect your own views about sex and your own expectations about sex? And their answers were really interesting. Um, so I hope you really enjoy this conversation uh, with Tamman and Roxy from Women on Top podcast. Go check out their podcast. I was on it yesterday, and that was an awesome conversation. We talked all about uh, Adam and uh, me starting the podcast together. We talked about Mia's coming out and how we handled that. Um, we talked all about just motherhood, and it was really awesome. And Women on Top has celebrity actress Tamman Sursik and entertainment host Roxy Manning, who co-host a hilarious, honest, and raw podcast that delves into the truths about being female, being a mother, and the general chaos that goes with trying to navigate life with boobs, burp cloths, and a strong desire to have a life. And they were so much fun to talk to. Go and follow them on Instagram at Women on Top Official. Go check out their podcast. Uh, Tamman, who you probably know from Pretty Little Liars, has an awesome new movie on Amazon Prime called Breaking for Whales, uh, which is fabulous and you should definitely check out. And I hope that you will enjoy listening. It's a really fun episode. So much good, honest talk. So thanks for being here. Also, if you are getting ready for the weekend or uh, this summer, go and check out our date night question ebook. 
at marriageandmartinis.com slash DNQ. We are getting the most amazing feedback from it. It's super fun. I know you're going to love it. Go check it out. Support us. Buy a copy. Send a copy to a friend and enjoy. Oh, hi, Tim and Roxy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> guys are here on marriage and martinis i feel like we have mutual like podcast podcast friends, friends. yeah yes. we all are in the podcast scene together yeah. <laughs> yes. podcast world don't you feel like you meet like the coolest people through podcasting who yes. you would never meet in real life? and you guys have had you've had your podcast for what like two years now almost two years i literally birthed my child out of my body like two days before we started the first episode. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been, and my daughter's two now. So it's, yeah, it's been about two years. Yeah, and you've had some like amazing guests. You've had, I said Glennon Doyle. Yes. Which um, is, I mean, oh, yeah. the that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I was like, don't cry. And then we ended up both oh, bowling. So we thought it didn't, it didn't work. She doiled us. She doiled us. She doiled us. <laughs> I like that term, Roxy Soxy. There you go. There you like go. It. She did. She doiled us. It's been like an awesome journey for you both. But I want to know, first of all, the backstory of how you guys met and how you like you decided to start the podcast and everything. Well, one day I was walking after school pickup. And who did you see, Roxy? And who did I see? I saw Tebman in all her glory. It was like it was like a white light coming yeah, towards her. You go. And she was like, what is it? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? And she was like, no, I was looking at the sun. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I thought it was me with blinding her with my light, but she was just accidentally looking ridiculously into the sun. Um, but then I came, after she could like saw her vision, got her vision back, then I walked in. And then from there, I mean, we just picked up what the other one was throwing down. Right. Talk to each other. And I was like, I was like, yeah, this chick is like so cool. This chick. This chick. (laughs) When did you get so rough, Roxy? This chick over here. (laughs) It's the Texas in me coming out. Yeah. Um, This chick. Yeah, this chick. I think that we sat down. You know, I think one of the first, I remember this, and I don't know if you remember this time, Tamman. I do. You're like, I do. I do. Yeah. We sat down at the park together and we, while our kids were playing, it was like a come back to school, like beginning yes, of your party. I remember that. I was like, oh, I don't want to be around. Like I hate, <laughs> I'm like the worst. I'm like, it's a school event. How can I literally blend into the children? So no one talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so funny. She brought all of her little containers of I did. food. I brought all my snacks. And then always them. has food. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> always has food. Anytime we were like in the studio shooting, she'd like pull out a buffet of food. And I was like, I snack Yo. all the time because I, guys, I have low blood sugar. Okay. So I need to eat like every 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And so I'm like sitting there talking to her. And it was just so funny. It was so natural, so easy. We were like, yeah chatting each other but then like also like kind of finishing each other's Mm -hmm. sentences and it was just so funny we had the same sense of humor that was like a really big thing because a lot of times I feel like people sometimes don't get like right right you're from Texas I'm from Australia you might not tell with the accent but I feel like there's kind of it's got the same type of comedy in a way you know like 
So I remember I wanted to start a podcast and I was like, I just didn't want to do it by myself. And I didn't want to do it with my husband because like, uh, that would be so annoying. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It was working well for you, yeah. but I was like, how do I keep my marriage intact is not to do a podcast with my husband. <laughs> and I just met Roxy and then the rest was history. And you know, like, I think we're all like, we're definitely really close friends. Mm. We're also good work colleagues as well. And you have to trust someone who's in your work space, you know, as well. And I trust her with everything, with my whole being. So you have to trust him and you have to also see a future with them. So it's not like just a typical friendship because it's not, you can kind of like dump any friend you want, but when you're in business with someone, yeah. you really have to see the longevity of it. So Tamman got down on one knee and, and I she, asked you, <laughs> will you please be my podcast wife? And she was like, sure, chick bitch. <laughs> I got made you really, I made you really, really, really hard just then. Really like, let's, get, let's get on it. <laughs> that, that can be, I mean, that is. That's like a big risk to take in a friendship. I mean, yeah, definitely. Well, we were, the good news is we weren't close friends yet, which was mm -hmm. kind of good because I feel like it's even harder to be really close friends and then start a business together because mm -hmm. you have all that history. It was kind of like, well, <laughs> if this goes up in flames, <laughs> I didn't really know her well anyway. <laughs> Like, it's all good. It's all good. It's yeah, fine. We'll it's fine. fine. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. Want to be like female centered because women on top, obviously very like, empowering and everything. So was that the whole plan behind the podcast or was it like, did you want to have a place for moms or for, I mean, what was the intention behind yeah. it? Well, we like to talk, as you can probably tell <laughs> from the first five minutes that we haven't shut up. You know, I've been in this business for I've been in the entertainment business for 15, 25, for 22 years now. Um, I started as a child actor in Australia and I've always been, I've always had like a platform in a way to talk to people because of the shows and the shows that I've been on. One of them was Pretty Little Liars was successful. And because of that, like I've had access to people and to talk to them. Right. And I was like, well, because I have a platform, what is that platform going to be about? Is it going to be just me showing cute that, you know, this is my dress and this is my hair. Or is it going to mean something more? Am I going to be able to connect to people and make some sort of difference in a way that they don't feel alone and they don't feel isolated? And, you know, when I had my first kid, I felt really lonely. I felt really scared. I didn't have a community. I didn't have a network of females, women that I felt safe to talk to. So I was like, well, how can I and we be that safe place for moms, for women mm -hmm. to just listen and be part of this community that is women on top? And it's been life changing. You know, I didn't realize that born through my own pain and fear of isolation and being alone there's so many other people who feel the same way I do mm. and we are now all connected so I always wanted to create a podcast that was about you know creating a safe place for for women to talk and there's been men on the show and mm. of course we love having male guests but primarily our audience is like 97 percent female and um, it's been awesome and I think too, I think people come back to it because we put everything out there. Like there's no airs, there's no bullshit. It's like, 
we are who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And mm-hmm. it's like, if we're going through something that day, then that's what you're going to hear about. Like, we don't sugarcoat things and we're not afraid to talk about things. So right. it's like, we we're sex positive. We talk about, you know, marriage problems. We talk mental about our health. kids, mental mm-hmm. health. Like there's like really nothing that's off the table. I mean, we've had sex experts on, we've had, you know, mental health uh, doctors and things like that. So it's like, literally there's nothing that's off the table for us. Mm-hmm. So, and it's mm-hmm. like the deeper we get into it, I feel like, and obviously Tamman can say how she feels about this, but I just feel like it gets so much more interesting as time goes on right like we're really uncovering like all those Mm -hmm. layers you know and it's like pushing the boundaries like every time and we've discovered too that so many women Mm -hmm. want to talk about these subjects but they're almost too afraid to you know like um our log line is like we're your best friends that say the things that you think but don't want to say and I want women to feel empowered. I want them to feel like they have a safe place. I want them to feel, you know, supported. And yeah, I hope that that this part, I hope our podcast does that for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like since starting that? Because for me, what before Adam and I started Marriage and Martinis, like I hadn't really, I thought I was an open person. Right. <laughs> I thought I was open about the stuff that I was choosing to be open about. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a whole lot of other stuff inside that I was like, I'm not letting that out. Now there's literally like literally nothing we haven't said. Right, right. <laughs> And I feel like it, it's gotten easier. Like it's almost like a muscle, like anything else. Do you feel like that? Like now you just share so easily and it's well, not, <laughs> you know. I think it's hard though when, and then Roxy should say how she feels, but I feel like for me it's hard because I've been an actor for 22 years, right? So like to talk about my sex fantasies is hard because, you know, we've been told as an actor that you just keep that side of you completely like locked away. Like, you don't want people to know about your private life. But I said to my husband, that is so not who I am. Like, I want to talk about, you know, I talk about my miscarriages. I had many and one really bad miscarriage. I kept that really quiet. And I think our secrets keep us sick, you know, and it kept me sick for a long time. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact that I had a severe eating disorder from ages 17 to 20 five in the hopes to help other girls who've had eating disorders as well. I've had mental health issues with anxiety, um, not depression, but anxiety and ADHD. I want to talk about these subjects, but in a way I have to sift through the narrative that if you're in the public eye, you shouldn't talk about these things. But then I think that it's almost your duty to talk about these because Mm -hmm. you can really get to so many more people. Yeah, you're right. And you know, for me, I think coming, so I'm a red carpet host. So I'm usually interviewing people on the red carpet, whether it be a celebrity or an expert or what have you. So I'm asking people questions about their lives. It's not necessarily the other way around for me. So when I started doing the podcast, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit hard for me to really Mm -hmm. dig in to who I am, you know, warts and all and kind of really expose it and put it out there. But I'll tell you something, it really, 
it has helped me so much mentally and emotionally, you know, to really kind of get it out there. Because I think too, you know, we work in this entertainment business. It's, it can be isolating. It's like, Mm -hmm. you feel like, cause you're not hearing it every day, like the bad parts and the, you know, all the other parts that you are the only person going through things. And I think with doing the podcast, like it's really kind of shown me that Mm-hmm. Not only am I like not alone in this, but there are so many other people that need to hear what I'm going yeah. through, you know, and that, that we can all relate together and build this amazing women on top community. And I'll tell you something, our listeners are some of the most dedicated, mm-hmm. amazing people in the world. And they just constantly, I feel like I learned from them so mm-hmm. much. Okay, I'm going to be honest. You always tell people about how you always cook and everything. And I'm always like, all right, calm down. You don't really cook that often. I know it's because you don't have time. But I enjoy doing it when I do. You do enjoy doing it when you do. However, (laughs) I have to say that my favorite thing about summer is how much you grill. Right. And I love grilling. And I love that you love grilling. I know you do. Because then I don't feel like I have to cook. <laughs> and you are a really good griller. I am going to give you that. Thank you. You really are. And that's why I was so excited when we partnered with Crowd Cow because we get all of their amazing items. And Crowd Cow is the marketplace for high quality craft beef and meats from farms and ranches around the world. They only work with farms that they know personally because they believe that when you know where and how your meat was raised, you're able to make better decisions for yourself, your family, and your health. They're all about meat and seafood that tastes better and is higher quality than the grocery store. And they support farmers that are doing it all the right way. Their meat has no growth hormones or unnecessary antibiotics. And you can buy meat that's grass-fed, pasture-raised, or wild-caught. You get access to cuts that aren't available even at well-stocked grocery stores. Grass-fed beef, wild-caught salmon, pasture-raised pork, and steakhouse cuts. And every box is recyclable and compostable. And every order is 100% carbon neutral from the field to your doorstep. And this year, CrowdCow is making it easy to gift us dads for Father's Day. CrowdCow is the perfect Father's Day gift. If you're listening, Danielle, please remember me this Father's Day. Trust me, I'm going to get you all the meat, baby. (laughs) Right now, CrowdCow is giving 20% off all gift orders if you want to gift your dad CrowdCow for this Father's Day. Check out their awesome boxes that they already have made just to place an easy order. Check out their dad bod box. Hi, hungry, I'm dad. The grill father. Fun names, fun boxes, and awesome meat was yeah. the difference with his name. <laughs> I love all the names of their boxes. They're so much fun, and they just add that extra special personalized flair. Totally. And they have gift cards available now on crowdcow.com as well. Right. So that you, if you know that your husband or your dad or whomever is going to want to go out and pick his own meat, then you know that you can send them with a gift card to CrowdCow and they can get whatever they want. Exclusive Marriage and Martinis listeners get $25 off your first order by heading to crowdcow.com and putting in promo code marriageandmartinis25 or just head to crowdcow.com slash marriageandmartinis. That's $25 off your first order with promo code marriageandmartinis25 or head to crowdcow.com slash marriageandmartinis today. I know I tell you guys this a lot, and it's true that 
when I'm searching for brands to sponsor us for the podcast, I'm pretty particular in who I choose. And I'm always looking for a few things. I'm looking for relatability, affordability, stuff that's stylish and useful, but that's not going to be crazy and that nobody can afford because how is that helpful? So one of my favorite brands that I found recently, especially when I was looking for Father's Day, was Movement. And Movement was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. Their goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality, minimalist products at fair prices. With over 2 million watches sold to customers in 160 countries around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. And I ordered Adam a watch, and a pair of awesome sunglasses that I'm sure I'm going to be stealing from him very soon for Father's Day. Don't tell him, but I'm so excited because he's going to be very proud of me, not only because they're so stylish, but because they're so affordable. The company was started by two broke college kids that liked stylish watches, but couldn't afford them. So they launched an Indiegogo campaign and started their own brand. I want you all to humor me. Do me a favor. Go to their website and check out their black top watch in Astro Blue. I'm telling you, you're going to be blown away at how gorgeous it is and what an affordable price it is. Also, the Victor watch is one of my favorites. And they have so many cool designs for men and for women. Sunglasses and bracelets. Go check it out. So much good stuff. You need to head to mvmt.cc slash mnm that's mvmt.cc slash mnm and put in mnm for 20 percent off your order and don't worry we're going to put that link in our show notes and in our email this friday and everywhere you can find it so head there for 20 percent off your father's day order today that's mvmt.cc slash mnm I feel like having this platform, I mean, because we always get asked the question of, is there anything you've ever said that you regret? Or is there anything (laughs) that other people have said to you on the podcast? Because we have revealed so much. Like, is there anything that anybody else has ever said to you? Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Or you shouldn't have said that. And I mean, for the most part, no for us. Mm -hmm. But But there's also that sort of like, sometimes we go out, like I was telling you guys before, you know, conferences with teachers or whatever and mm-hmm. sort of like oh shit yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I mean in the beginning of our show I think for me I won't talk for Roxy but for me I was so anxious and nervous that I tend to overshare when I'm anxious and nervous and I think the first three podcasts were very sex heavy now I have no problem talking about sex and I enjoy sex and fantasy whatever it is but we got really specific on <laughs> fantasies, including Tamman's fantasy pizza. Like yeah, it was like a whole, whole thing. thing. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I, you know, I'm not going to, now everyone's going to go back to that first budget. <laughs> we just got like really down and dirty first in. And I was like, huh? Like I almost didn't feel like what I was saying anyone else would listen to. I just felt like it was Roxy and I talking mm-hmm. and like, you know, you talk with your girlfriends, you're like, this is my sexual fantasy and this is what I've always kept a secret. <laughs> and now it's out there forever. So, um, yeah. And I'm sorry, it had to do with pizza. Yeah. 
I'm not having sex with a pizza. Oh my god! And it's something. Oh no! no. Well, you're gonna say it wrong, and it's gonna be weird. No, it's so. So I have sexual fantasies with the idea that someone can't have sex. Like, how do I put this? Oh my god! Because now it's you know. But the thing about it, Roxy, is two years ago it was very different. Like to have these types of. Yeah. Like I don't want to see really, really hot chiseled people have sex. Like that is not attractive to me because I'm like. Oh, it's just too try hard You're so, for my own personal. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see like a ripped girl, like with the best body ever having sex with a ripped guy with the best. I'm just like, oh, it just seems so boring to me. And, and like the guys like and the girls like, oh, what am I going to do later for lunch? And I'm going to have a salad with a dressing on the side. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, I just want like someone who can't get sex because they just don't they can't get laid. Right. This mm-hmm. is someone who's just can't get laid and they're eating pizza <laughs> watching TV. He might have brought pizza. You're now reliving the fantasy that I don't want to relive on this podcast. And they're eating pizza and they're so like depressed, right? They're just like, uh, I could get laid and I'm eating my pizza and like I'm drinking my beer. And then Talon walks in and comes like, well, let me help you because, <laughs> because I know that you have a need that can't be met. And like for me, <laughs> for me, that is a turn on. I want like someone who's driving a truck who's like, oh, I haven't had sex in three months and I'm driving this truck and I can't, I like, no one wants to have sex with me. And I'm like, hi, I'm Talon. Let me help you. <laughs> Never I wanted mean... to relive this again. <laughs> so you see, she's very magnanimous and I am totally shallow. I'm like, give me Brad Pitt. Yeah, she wants hot. I will, don't want to have sex with Brad Pitt. I don't. Like I'm the whole time I'm going to be like, what is he going to think about my body? Is it cute enough? Cause he looks so good. And how many other girls has he seen with a good body? I don't want that. I want some, I want to be someone's savior. I want to be and like, Oh, thank God you turned up Tamara. Thank God. Because I've been really wanting you for so long. It's superhero sex dream. And you want to be the superhero. I want to yeah. save people. Totally. She's like the Messiah, the Messiah. Yeah. I'm like, how can I serve you? <laughs> And then I will feel so, it's really just about me feeling good about myself. I don't feel so good about myself because I've helped them. (laughs) And we can live now. (laughs) You come down in your white robe the whole bit. I mean, I know. And Roxy's like, oh, I just want to have sex with Brad Pitt. I'm like, uh, like, put the guy in a box and he's like in chains and like, he can't get out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you've been stuck in this box. Let me free you. With my vagina. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like you've been stuck in this room. Oh my God. You couldn't get out. I will help you. <laughs> and then you'll have pizza afterwards. Perfect. And then, well, hopefully they're eating pizza. I don't know what the pizza is. I think it's just like something <laughs> really greasy. <laughs> but probably so- I want them to be hairy. I know. I know. guys. <laughs> but it, but didn't, didn't his penis, you said his penis had to only be like, like (laughs) we're not talking about that part because we just met we just met okay we all just met the thing is I have such good sex in my marriage right so like it's it's amazing it's great my husband I think is very very cute love him to bits but I want something that is not cute got it so that your fantasy is to have what most people's fam so you're doing the swap they want what you have. Well, I don't know. Like everyone's each their. Oh, I just, I love my husband. He's sexy in, in the way that I find him sexy. That I don't know. Everyone's each their own. It was just about the desire to have sex and they can't have it. 
that to me is sexy. I think it's great. Now everyone needs to tell this podcast right now <laughs> what their fantasy is. So I'm not literally in the middle of it. You're up next. Well, you know mine. I want Brad Pitt. I mean, that there is so, it is. Roxy, that is no, so come on, we all come do. on. There Roxy. is something though. Uh, there's something. So like, I don't know if it's like, you're still talking about Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm still like thinking about him. There's something so visually pleasing about seeing somebody. The the driver. <laughs> How about this? How about I'll take Brad, Brad Pitt and Keanu together? I'll that is that. so. <laughs> nope. That's not doing it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Buzzkill. Oh, God. Keanu Reeves okay. and Brad okay. Pitt turn up on my door and be like, ugh. How really? about this? How Do about I this? have to? How about this? I will take them unshowered. And you know that's big for me. That's great. <laughs> unshowered. That's, unshowered's a given, Roxy. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you this because we're like starting to get out of pandemic and everything, right? I mean, I don't know. You guys are in LA. Are you guys? I don't know. Over here, we're like we're almost back. We're not. Oh. We're we're not there yet. We're getting. Where, there. where are you? I I've, I just got. We're to in New Jersey. Oh, okay, New so Jersey. I, I we sold everything in October and we've been on the road since October, but we're in uh, LA right now. Oh, what do you mean you sold everything and you've been sold on everything? The road? Put everything oh, yes. in storage what units, and we just drove since October. We went to Montana, lived there for a bit for two months, went down to Missouri, lived in Austin for three months, went down to um, just in Airbnbs. Oh my God. Our kids were remote schooled and we just couldn't stand it anymore. That is, and have you loved every second of it? has been awesome. No. No. <laughs> Some right. of it's been amazing and life-changing and I wouldn't take it back for it, but we have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. Some of it has been challenging and we've had no help because obviously the pandemic, but we, now I have a job in overseas. So we've, we're all leaving again. <laughs> yeah. They've been traveling quite a bit. I've been stuck in LA like this whole time. And it just, for somebody that really enjoys traveling, it's been hard, you know, cause it's yeah. like, being in one place, like not going anywhere. And like Tamin mentioned earlier, you know, my family also lives away in Texas. And then David, my husband's family is on the East Coast. It's just been really hard. Like we haven't really had a lot of outside. I mean, now it's starting to change, like mm -hmm. with seeing friends and things like that. And but it's been really isolating this whole time. It's been really tricky, but we're not quite 100% open yeah. here yet. You know? And I want to also say that our traveling wasn't traveling and going to restaurants we actually didn't eat at a restaurant until i think two weeks ago like we just stayed in an airbnb and then but at least we were in the environment like we went yeah. to so many parks and we saw things from our car but we were so scared of covid that you know we didn't see anyone the first mm -hmm. time we actually saw someone in person was like two weeks ago yes oh my October. god yeah. we had an epic reunion didn't we tammy we did with we did reunion. We touched it, each other. I yes. mean, hugged each other. I mean, hugged each other, which was touch. <laughs> Your love language. Were you able? You're talking about like, uh, the, like, were you guys? I have teenagers. I have two teenagers and a nine-year-old. So for us, during the pandemic, we're talking about sex and everything. For us, it's been challenging during the pandemic to like keep up any kind of a you know a sex life. Like we literally, we had one night over the summer. Not that we've had sex only one time during the pandemic although I don't blame couples who that's happened to because mm -hmm. it's hard but there was one night over the pandemic over this last summer when we had all gotten tested to be with my parents in a, on a vacation and then that night we sent the kids 
to our parents because we're like, okay, they're tested, they can go. And so we came home and they were like, the pressure's on. <laughs> like, just make it worth it. Yeah, yeah. And it lasted like what, 10 seconds, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. four seconds? <laughs> the whole night plans, like. Oh, that's stressful. See, that's stressful. So- it was. Yeah. Well, I think too, like Tamna and I talk about this on Women on Top, but I know for me that it's not been great sex-wise during the pandemic just because it doesn't feel sexy to me. And I know like for us, like one of the big things that we really like and enjoy is hotel sex. Like when you're traveling, right. you know, and right. getting out of the ordinary and like doing something different. So when it's like this groundhog day over and over again, it's yeah. just, it just doesn't feel sexy to me to mm-hmm. like see my husband all day and then be like, okay, now let's go, you know, yeah. Have sex. And it's like also absence makes the heart grow fonder for us. So it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, we had left. In, so I would say, I can't actually remember before October, mm-hmm. but because you're right, like we were in Airbnbs and it was like, oh, this is Montana yeah. or whatever. So like I, the sex was like mind blowing but it was because we were seeing new things. So like, and also we were having new experiences. It was almost like a holiday Mm -hmm. in a pandemic, but we weren't seeing anyone or going to any restaurants or anything, but it was that idea of newness and things being novel, like Mm -hmm. novelty that I think is really sexy, Mm -hmm. you know? And like you said, Roxy, if it's not novel, like we would get to, Louisiana and we'd like book an Airbnb for two months and you're in a new Airbnb and it's sexy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do agree that like, I enjoy sex. I have high testosterone. So like, but I don't like to just jump into it just to do it. So Mm -hmm. there is like, you have to like find something in your environment or your situation that makes it feel sexy. Yeah. It takes creativity, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard though. It's hard. Pandemic is hard, you know? And I don't want like sex. I think sex also, when you've been with, I think we've all been without husbands a long time, me, 15 years, Roxy, I think you're 15 years, 16, yeah, 16 years. It's like you're with that one person for that entire period of time that you have to find new ways to be turned on, Mm -hmm. you know? It is. And it takes creativity and it takes effort, you know, and like time and Mm -hmm. like trying to do new things. And actually, like, I thought it was interesting when Danielle was just on our podcast on Women on Top that she was saying that she, you Google, like you guys were Googling things, you know, and like kind of researching things. And that is actually not, I think that that would be kind of a cool idea to do together because it's like Mm. different, you know? You guys can do the yes, no, maybe checklists together. I know. I think. What are some of those questions? Yeah, tell <laughs> us. Tell gonna, them. And you will see. And I want to hear about it too. Yeah. But but I'm interested, like, because you're both in the entertainment industry. And I mean, Adam and I have this podcast and everything, but we are like literally in the, like, we are dropped in the middle of like suburban New Jersey and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, with the, the entertainment industry and everything, does that, has that ever affected like your expectations of sex and everything because you are around you know this this whole like glamorous you know Mm. very high like expectations for what romance and sex and everything is supposed to be where a lot of us we see it on tv but we're not actually surrounded by it so I'm so interested in like how that's affected your own sense of it what it's supposed to be like if you've ever felt like you know, it doesn't live up to that. Like it just is a different life. Yeah. 
I mean, I think like in the beginning of my career, like my early 20s, teens, late 20s, there's so much going on in those trailers. I mean, there just is like me being on set, like you have crushes and then you're dating and then you're sleeping together and then that person's sleeping with someone. It's just like some big incestuous, like sexy. I'm not saying everyone's sleeping together with like some some big, like five of us are sleeping together or something, but there's always like these relationships and kissing and crushes. And because there's a lot of like sexual tension, you know, like I've kissed way more people on screen than I have in my real life. You know, my first kiss, I think was on camera, you know, and you're like intimate with these people, you're touching them and you're smelling them and you're, you're telling your brain that you're in love with them because you're in the scene, but your body's like confused in a way. Like it's a very odd job, I think being an actor. So it does muddle all of that. Like it murkies the water. And I think it takes two really strong, my husband's a director, a writer, takes two strong individuals who know who they are and work on their relationship and their communication to not like start going down those paths of like, oh, there's a sexy co-star and there's, I'm directing a sexy girl. Like you really have to disconnect yourself from that Mm. as you get, when you're married and have kids and just be like, okay, that is not real. Mm. And the only thing that is real is us. And that is what we, we look forward together. So it's an interesting job. And I think that because of the way it's laid out, it can definitely murky a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think too, uh, for me, because I started working in this business a little bit older, like in my 20s, that I'd sort of already... And I think actually, you know what, when I first started doing it, I was actually dating my husband. So I kind of already had gone through maybe like the younger years and I was already with somebody by the time like things really started to pick up and like, you know, I was doing more stuff. So I think in that way, probably that saved me a little bit that helped me. But it is really disheartening to go out because you see a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, like the good and the bad. So, I mean, you see people that you've known for a long time, perhaps maybe going behind their partner's back or, you know, you see things like that happening and it's sort of brushed off a lot of the time, but it's, I mean, now they're talking about it more, which is good to kind of get everything out in the open and, and things like that. But I think, I think for me, what saved me was maybe because I was already with him that I wasn't like, you know, out there, like as a single person, because I can see where it would get, you know, very tricky and how, Mm -hmm. you know, right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have expectations, certain expectations because you're around things. And like, I can totally see how that would be though, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And I know you said, Tam, you said that you suffered from postpartum some Mm -hmm. had to affect your sex life and everything also. No. (laughs) What is wrong with you? No. I've had to go, look, I've had to go through a lot of therapy because I like sex a couple times a week. I want to make sure that doesn't come across like I'm like an addict or something. I like it a couple times a week. I like it a couple times a week because for me, it is connected to the feeling, sure, and it calms me down because I have anxiety. So yes, an orgasm calms me down. 
but it also makes me feel like I'm worthy, right? And I feel like I'm enough when I'm when someone has sex with me. And that is a whole thing that I need to work on because I was 220 pounds when I was a kid. Then I lost the weight healthily. Then I got on a TV show within three weeks of losing that weight. Then I was doing all these magazine covers and um, I had a three album deal and did like the Pepsi campaigns. And I thought that being that way was the only way that people would like me. Then I got a very terrible eating disorder because I had to maintain being small because if I was small, then people would continue to like me and make me feel like I was enough. Mm -hmm. So male attention would be like, oh, I need that because I don't know if I like myself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of unraveling for me to go, huh, is it about the enjoyment of sex? Which it is, like I really love sex. Or is it about feeling that I need it to feel enough and worthy, or is it a little bit of both? And I think I've come to the conclusion that it's a little bit of both. And postpartum, when I had postpartum depression, anxiety, whatever it was, I almost needed sex more because I felt so empty, right? I felt so lonely. I felt so like nothing. And because sex was that thing to no pun intended, fill me up, make me feel like someone loved me. I was craving that. I was like, please have, you know, I had a C-section. So it's different. It wasn't painful for me. After a couple of weeks, it was okay, but I needed that. And so what I did to my husband around that time was like, please, like, it was like almost desperation to like Mm -hmm. be loved and needed. And that's scary for him. And he, you know, men aren't taught what to do when their kids, when their wives have children, because the wives can sometimes turn into very different people. So it was a, it was an interesting navigation of our relationship after my first daughter, which had a lot to do with my feeling of loss as a person and not feeling good enough, not feeling like a good mom. My second kid was night and day. I got a village. I paid for a village this night. I got a night nurse. I got someone to cook for me. I was like, I'm not fucking, excuse my friend, doing that again. I'm not going to be the person who's like, I need to do it all. The night nurse was amazing. I still woke up five times a night, but she came, gave me the baby. I didn't have to like watch over Lennon the entire time, hoping that something didn't happen. So I was better. I was more equipped. I didn't need sex as much because, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to be loved. So yeah, I mean, that was a very long answer to a short question, (laughs) but I think sex to me, it is still a little bit of both. It is the enjoyment, which is the great part and feeling less anxiety after an orgasm or a release. And it's also the need to feel worthy. Mm. Wow. I think that's so relatable too, for so many of us, because I think we put that also on our our partners of the fact that like we forget, you know, especially as women, we're like, oh, our husband is supposed to want us all the time. Why does he want us? When really like that's their human, just like we are. And they have bad days and they have stress and they have, and like, I think that we're raised to think that like men are like the energizer. Uh, They can just go, you know, so we grow up with that. And I think we really do take offense to like, oh my God, I just tried to have sex with him and he didn't want to have sex. And he rejected me. Right. And I I remember the first time I was rejected, I, I went into a total shame spiral Mm. and I started to become like an addict. Right. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's funny. You say to your husband, do you want to have sex? And they say, and they say, your husband says to you, I don't know. Anyway, for me, I went into like a complete shame spiral Mm. because he didn't want to be with me. And that was difficult for me to overcome. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, it's also like another form of rejection, you know? It's like, it's hard already, particularly in this entertainment business where, you know, things come and go and like sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. And then to have that also at home, like to feel like that Mm -hmm. is really difficult. And I know like if that happens to me, I immediately kind of like shut down and like, you know, it's like the shield goes up and it's like, okay, well then fuck you. You know, that's like my way of kind of dealing with Mm -hmm. something like that because it's not even like they're trying to be like reject you, but it's like, it just feels that way. It feels that way. Something that might not even be like, Mm -hmm. I mean, half the time I feel like my husband, like when he does things to upset me, whether it be about sex or whatever it is, it's never that he intended that to be that way, but it's how I receive it. So it's hard, you know? It's funny because I now I remember what I was trying to say. If your husband or your partner says to you, do you want to have sex? And you say no, Mm -hmm. your husband more than likely will be like, okay, I know mine does. Like if he asks me and I'm like, I'm not in the mood, he'll be like, okay, I love you. Whereas if it's the other way around and I ask him, Mm -hmm. And he says, no, it then feels terrible Yep. because again, isn't that what we've been taught to believe? Isn't it what the narrative is out there yeah. that like men should want sex all the time. And so if we ask for it and they don't, then there must be something wrong with us. Yeah. Well, and you're also like, wait a minute, I'm being the dream wife. Any guy yeah. would be wife to be like, yeah. Uh, or so that you like, hear, here I am doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. You're like all these preconceived notions yeah. of how we're supposed to be in it's a lot of pressure, I think, especially after kids come, because then there's also this added, like I was saying during the pandemic and everything, you know, with teenagers in the house or whatever, it's sort of like we get some nights we're just like, Adam will come in and I'll be like, I can't, they're still awake. Yeah. yeah. Like, absolutely no way I'm going to enjoy this if I know that they are still awake and they could come in at any second. Oh. And my 15 year old is up till two, three in the morning. Like oh what? Gosh. And then Adam, <laughs> if Adam like would come in in the middle of the night and wake me. I'll be like, I need to sleep. Like don't yeah. wake me. <laughs> No, I think too, that's another big thing too, because a lot of people, a lot of partners are on a different time schedule. So like Mm -hmm. somebody like my husband is always ready to go in the morning and I am like not a morning person at all. I hate Hate morning morning. sex. What is with that? I don't know if it's every woman. I feel like my body has not got blood flow. I don't, it's like the worst, you know, someone who loves to have sex. I'm like, do not have sex with me before 10 o'clock. Seriously. I would have like sex at night after a couple glasses of wine. Like I'm a little looped up. I'm like loosey-goosey, like, okay. But yeah, in the morning, it's like, it's too, like, you're just not even awake. Ugh, no, know? I'm such an asshole Ugh. in the morning oh, too. Oh, no. Vacation, I like morning sex, but not really at home. Because again, I'm like, the kids are going to come in any second. Right. I don't know. There's just, there's all these different factors and everything. And I, we did just actually book our first, we're going away just the two of us in July. Ooh. But then I'm also sort of like, I feel like I have to have a conversation beforehand where I'm like, okay, listen, I also just want to relax. <laughs> yeah, it's not all about that. Yeah. 
there's the expectation of like, I have to have a, we can definitely have all the sex, but I also want to have like good night sleeps and naps. <laughs> <laughs> naps. <laughs> so do you think, do you, do you and your husband have the same libido or does he like want it more and you want it less or vice versa? It used to be that I was the one who like, when we first got together, uh-huh. I was wanted it all the time mm-hmm. because I, it was new to me. I lost my virginity really late and mm-hmm. oh was my first like the first guy I was really really in love with that I was having sex with mm-hmm. so it was very much like I wanted it all the time and he had been with a lot of girls and had a lot of experiences so he was sort of like you know I don't yeah, yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> but now it's different now it's more him I think you know like mm-hmm. wanting and me more stressful like he doesn't give a shit if the kids hear us in the middle of the night but I do yeah yeah I do so, what about you guys are your libido how do you feel like do you feel like libido is has it changed over the years or is it I feel like women are meant to again should or this is what the studies say as women get older they want more sex now I don't know if it's because we are more comfortable with our bodies if we you know have worked through our shit that like prohibits us from like enjoying sex or maybe our bodies just get more hormones or like feel like different hormones I don't know but they say that statistically women want more sex as they get older and men want less sex I would say because he's not here. So I don't want to have to like talk about our sex life too in depth, but I would say that stress, what Roxy was Mm -hmm. saying puts a big dampener on it for us. And also if I am having sex for the wrong reasons, Mm. we just don't like, it's not attractive. So when we're in a good mindset, which we have been lately, then we have a very, very healthy, similar appetite sex life but then there's all the other things that sort of muddy that up Mm -hmm. so we just need to I think to have a good sex life for me and my husband we need to work on our own shit separately Mm. yeah our own mental issues Mm. our own stresses Mm. how do we calm ourselves down how do we calm our limbic systems so we can actually enjoy the experience because for me I enjoy sex so much better when I like myself when I feel enough when I feel like my body is beautiful no matter after having two kids Mm. I enjoy sex much more so it's really about me dealing with my issues and him dealing with his that makes them more enjoyable I think for me you know and I'm this usually happens I think in the beginning of relationships is we were both so hot for each other you know we would have sex multiple times a day you know like in that first, I'd say we lived in New York when we first got married. So probably the first two years of our marriage, it was like really hot, you know, like that, you know, and we also didn't have kids. So that, right. I mean, that too, but I think once sort of like responsibilities sort of got more in the way, as far as like work stresses, and we ended up moving across the country to Los Angeles, which was, you know, is a good thing, but it's like, you know, we're changing our lives. And then we had kids. So I think all those different things sort of took away from the sex, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way, like, because I think other things became more important almost, which isn't necessarily the right thing either. But it just like, life happened. And we sort of just prioritized things differently. I mean, I think now, sort of what I was saying before on our podcast is that stress plays a really Mm -hmm. big factor in our sex life. So it's like right now, for example, you know, the world is sort of opening up. My husband's business is really picking up because it's 
Things are becoming open now. So he's very stressed because he has a lot of work stuff that is coming mm -hmm. his way. And then when we get snappy with each other mm -hmm. and we have a back and forth, like neither one of us really feels like having sex at that point because it is so tied into our mental and emotional mm -hmm. well-being, you know? And I think, but in like a cruel twist of fate, if we just did have sex, we would feel so much more loving towards each other. And like, right. and it's not that we don't feel loving towards each other. We do, but it's like, I feel like if we, instead of maybe having some of those fights is if we just kind of put our, you know, put our armor down and, just look, that's going to sound kind of cheesy, but like looked into each other's eyes and like actually just surrendered to the moment, mm -hmm. like had yeah. sex instead of, right. Instead of like fighting, then that, you know, then that would help a lot. And then you see the humanity in the other person too. I find sex very vulnerable. So once, it I've, is. once I've seen my husband naked having sex with me, I feel like that is the most vulnerable someone can be. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard in a world which teaches us to be so tough. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I wanted to start Woman on Top. Being vulnerable, I think, is what connects us. And walking yeah. naked in front of someone is scary. And that's why sex is, there's so many issues sometimes surrounded by sex because you have nowhere to hide, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you're standing there naked in all your glory, your flaws, your perfections, whatever it is. And you're saying like, this is me. And it's like, I think for all of us, I mean, maybe it's not for all of us. Maybe it's just for me. I find that to be scary sometimes. I have to say, I would rather stand naked, though, than sit naked. <laughs> <laughs> totally, especially after having kids. <laughs> I, recently, Adam and I had played strip poker one night. Ooh, that's fun. See, I, I, this is like, I need to get on all yeah, this. Yeah. This was a new thing for us. This, this okay, okay. Okay. But I like we were sitting in the family room and I was like, I don't want to sit and like be naked. I mean, that's like the worst. <laughs> After a little bit, you sort of get used to it and you're sort of like, wait a minute. He wanted to play this with me and he wanted me to be naked. And yeah. you sort of get into that. Like once you sit there and you get, you know, you sit in and you get comfortable a little bit. But it's just so interesting. Like you're talking about both of you, like how much we bring into the bedroom with us. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever tells us it's going to be so complicated. Mm -hmm. Don't you just, when you're younger, like you just never, you see it in yeah. a movie, like, you know, the guy sweeps the girl off her feet or you know, whatever, the couple yeah. partners, whatever it is. And, and, you know, and like, that's what we see. And then you get into it yourself. And that's why, like you're saying with Woman on Top and everything and Marjorie Martinis and like these conversations are so important because mm -hmm. I would never think that other people are having those same issues like yeah. I would like it's just us so I didn't even know like I thought therapy was like a bad you know I've been in therapy yeah. for years and I don't know why people don't want to learn about themselves and how to be better communicators to be happier or to figure out all the trauma so they understand why they do the things that they do or the patterns. I know therapy is a game changer. It's like we we study out, you know, for if we're sick, right? We study, we have x-rays and we have CAT scans and we have biopsies and we have all these things and we have blood tests or whatever. So we like check all these parts of our bodies. We want to like see into them, but then we don't want to see into our minds. It's like, I feel like therapy is like a game changer, you know? And especially if you 
are in a relationship, it doesn't mean you don't love the person mm-hmm. if you're in therapy with them. It just means that you want a foundation that is solid. And without therapy, I don't know how to have a solid foundation because I have all my shit. He has all his shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you possibly be in a relationship with both the shits and like be able to be healthy without knowing what triggers them, what triggers mm-hmm. you, how like the best thing that I ever learned from a therapist was when you're in a fight, say, this is the story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. And what do you need from me? And then the two easiest things to say, again, how egos are like, what the fuck? Yeah. But it's like, what do you need from me? And this is a story. So the story I'm telling myself is that you don't love me because you didn't give me your socks and you had two pairs, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you need me to do? And he would say, I need you to not get upset about the socks because, you know, you lose my socks all the time. And it means that my story I'm telling myself is that you don't care about me. So it's two people who feel like the other person doesn't care about each other when they really do care about each other, you know? And then the fight just continues unless you know how the other person's feeling. So I don't know. That's just been a total game changer for our relationship. Right. I think with therapy though, it is, it is, I think some of it has to do with like how you were raised and where you live and everything. I do think in certain parts of the country, it's it's like you shouldn't, yeah. They go in therapy and I think in other places where it's just not talked about and people don't, you know, there are a lot of places that just don't even like have good therapists or, you know, the, the, and then someone has a bad experience. Like Adam and I both growing up, we had pretty bad experiences with therapists. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's also like now I have a therapist who I never even knew that therapy could be like this like it's right no but it took 43 years for me to get here yeah Yeah, I don't know I feel like the reason why it's so important to have these conversations why I'm so glad you guys are having them and everything on your podcast is because like you said like there we never are told that it's going to be this complicated right like parenting and marriage and sex and career and like all of it I just feel like we we just haven't been told and so when we break it down like this mm-hmm. it's, it's not even how like yes we have not been told that but also we have not been taught to talk about it you know and right. share it I mean I think the world, the world is definitely talking about it now I'm like can we stop talking no, no. <laughs> I'm like we're talking about <laughs> everything but I think it's a good thing I think maybe yeah. it's an overcorrect no, but we need like it though we mental need, health stuff I know I know we, we need do. these right we need these conversations to come out because for so long I mean I know at least for me I felt like oh I must be the only person in the world like is experiencing you know whatever it was that I was going through at the time and like by having these open dialogues, it has helped so much, you know, and it's like, right. It's almost like better to have the reverse of the problem. Like, uh Oh, now we're talking about it too much that like, you Mm -hmm. know, versus like the other way around, you know? Yeah. I think vulnerability is contagious. Like I do think that, you know, I'm sure you guys get messages from people being like, now I was able to go out there and tell my story and everything. And, yeah. So what's next for the podcast? Like what kind of topics and stuff are you guys hoping to cover next? And like, who would be like your ideal guests, like the best guest you could ever have? Uh, well, we've, we've put a domination. Yeah. I mean, we've put a, a manifestation because we, we're big manifestors. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, we manifested Jen Glenn and Doyle. Mm-hmm. I, I said I would have her on the podcast and we got her. Like I was like, we were going to have her. So Jay Shetty is someone we want to have on. And then, you know, Jay Shetty 
he just interviewed Oprah so we could have her. (laughs) We'll take Um, I don't know if she sees my first episode of the show after all my sexual pizza fantasies, if she'll want to be on. Um, But like, I I don't know about Roxy, but my my manifestation for this is for us to tour at some point Mm -hmm. and to, you know, be like have shows where we can do this in front of people, have a guest on, maybe two guests Mm -hmm. for the show. And then I take audience questions. Yes, 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 please do. Have audience questions, drink wine, yep. just really talk in front of a group of of women or like you know who want to meet people and have a community. And that's that's my ultimate goal. Yeah, I think that that I just following along with that. You know, I think for us because a lot of the feedback we get is like, oh, this is like listening to your podcast. It's like being like on a girls' night out. So like really recreating that experience when we're live with people. You know, and like really sorting, making them feel that a, not only are they not alone, but they're talking to their best friends. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you're talking to your girls, the girls that you can literally say anything to, and that won't judge you. you. Yeah. That won't judge you that like, will shoot the shit right back with you. Talk about, you know, we always say too, in our episodes, it's like a good laugh, a good cry, you kind of feel the full range of emotions, you know? I'm going to always say something embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're well on our way to do that, especially now that the world is opening up. So we'll be able to like do these types of tours and, and, you know, live shows and things like that. But yeah, I mean, we have such a great, I feel like we're putting it out there. Like Tamlin was saying, we're putting it out there in the universe. We're going to have these great guests. You know, we've already been really lucky and blessed to have the amazing people we've already had on the show Mm -hmm. and it can only get better. It can only get better, you know? That's great. Is there like a topic that you were dying to cover that you haven't gotten to cover yet? You know what? I I don't even think I've told Roxy this, but we kind of covered so much. I would really like to get like an astronaut on. Oh, somebody because because uh, space actually freaks the shit out of me. Just the idea of nothingness that goes on forever. Like I can't really understand it like uh-huh. even thinking about it now like my fingers are tingling so i'd love to get an astronaut and just talk about space <gasps> and you know who you're talking to i went to space camp growing up so i could give you that tour of space oh yes. my god green is space camp <gasps> oh no That's way amazing. oh my god can you still go i mean you probably could still go i think so we can make an adult space camp was uh, it, I mean, <laughs> or was it overhyped what's that say it again was was it as awesome as it sounds or was it oh is it overhyped you know as a kid I mean I was really young when I went so I was probably five six seven eight so I mean to me it was awesome because like we went into those like it was like a planetarium and it had like all the stars and the planets on the ceiling and it was like it kind of it was like really climate controlled so you felt like Mm -hmm. in a cold like outer space then you come back and look at like space rocks and like Mm -hmm. see what the astronauts ate so I mean I loved to dork out like I love that show. I love space. I love dinosaurs. Well, we're going to have a pilot. I mean, we're going to have an astronaut on here. Oh, my God. A pilot, too. Maybe a pilot. Yeah, a pilot. (laughs) Who else? I'm trying to think what else would be fun. We, I feel like we've covered so many amazing topics. Who else could we have on? You know, like, like this is more of a person, Mm -hmm. but I would love to have Richard Branson on. I love that. I know him. Girl, well, then why have you not phoned him up? (laughs) He took me, I flew to like a dinner with him when I was 17 as a group from our show. And I sat next to him. I got a picture with him. (gasps) Next to him at the dinner. I do love me some Richard Branson. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's lovely. He's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what I also love about him? I love that he obviously has been so successful throughout his life, but he gives back so much and he lives every day. Like he loves his life, you know, as yeah. he should, you know, it's like he enjoys the moment. And I mm -hmm. think that people like that are just great. That energy needs to be out there more. Yeah, I totally hear you. That's awesome. So tell everybody where they can find you. Ooh. I keep forgetting rocks. So I have a really good memory, but whenever they're like, what's your Instagram? I'm like, Sorry, Adam and I already well, told you. Yeah, so you're all <laughs> well, I know my Instagram's at Taminster Sock. So and also, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Um, my husband and I wrote a movie called Breaking for Whales, which is on Amazon right now. Oh, um, it was a passion project. I'm the lead in it with Tom Felton, and it was it's my everything movie. So um, if you want to, obviously, Pretty Little Liars is on HBO. I think it is, but but this is the one that we wrote together. My husband directed it called Breaking for oh. Whales. So go check it out. Okay, I'm going to put that on Instagram later to our audience. <laughs> the labor of love. My handles across the board are at Red Carpet Roxy with a Y. And uh, my website is redcarpetroxy.com. And I, like I said before, I go cover, you know, events ranging from New York Fashion Week to Paris Fashion Week to Sundance and everything in between and do fun interviews with people sort of talking to experts and celebrities and things like that. And um, cover a lot of mom stuff now too, because... That's where I'm at, guys. Mm. <laughs> I know everyone's like, can you start doing some episodes on menopause? I'm like, just give me a few years. I know. <laughs> I'm like, we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, we we did just have Dr. Jen Gunter on who wrote the man, oh, man, man, menopause yeah, manifesto. Yes, she's yes. incredible. Super cool. I love her. We oh, learned that there was cool. no G-spot. Yeah. She said, there's no such thing there's as a no G-spot. There's no such thing as a G-spot. It's and guys, we're not, no, we're not even going to tell you why you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> listen to the episode about why there's no G-spot on Women on Top. Well. It was actually the whole time I was like, wait, so my whole life was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But my our whole existence. Our handles for the show are... Women remember? on Top Official on Instagram. Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse group too, which is Women yes. on Top. And we always ask if you're going to come and listen to us to please, you know, rate, subscribe, follow us and drop a comment like on yeah, iTunes or Spotify. We need you guys. Yes. And also come to our show and listen to Danielle on our yes. show. Yes, yes. Oh, definitely. That was super fun. Absolutely. Well, it was yeah. so fun talking to you guys and finally getting to so meet. I know. It's been Thank a long time Thank you so coming. much. That was a yes. two and a half hour chat. <laughs> and I went by in a second, which yeah, means it was great. Yeah. It was such yeah. fun girl talk. Well, thank you guys so yes. much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh. And we will be listening from afar. Yes. yes thank you. you. Will. <laughs> I want to hear the great conversations that come from them. So well, awesome. Well, yes. thank you so much. I love it. Bye. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com